Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin, Ravenclaw, the Black Luna, a real Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw. (laughs) And I'm Bayana. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we're discussing Chapter 6 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Gilderoy Lockhart. We have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts and feelings. So please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter and follow us at WeBlackAndNerds. Let us know your thoughts and your feelings. (laughs) Um, Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? Um, We're working on a project called Hogwarts BSU. Um, a collection of stories, fan art, etc., illustrating what it would be like to be a black Hogwarts student. If you would like to submit, you can check out the website for guidelines, um, blackgirlsnerdout.com. Love our blog, love Wizard Team, have a few extra galleons lying around. We are now on Patreon. Please visit www.patreon.com forward slash blackgirlsnerdout and let share some galleons, some Newt, some, some whatever. I forgot the other one. Sickles. Sickles. (laughs) Galleons, sickles, newts, whatever you have lying around, we will greatly appreciate it. All of your patronage will go to just making sure that we keep this blog and this podcast up and running and help us out a little bit. Um, oh, subscribe to our newsletter. <laughs> Every week we share nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, please subscribe. You can go to blackgirlsnerdout.com. Um, and it's like on the side panel, on the, on the homepage. Yeah, there, you can, no matter what page you're on, I think you can Yeah, it's like subscribe. on there. And the newsletter usually comes out on Fridays, but it'll, it'll come out this week, I promise. <laughs> um, just not on Friday. <laughs> Or, wait, it's a new week. Timey whiny, damn it. So let's dive in with what's happening in the Potter fandom right now. Um, nope, we're not doing that, remember? It's February, Black History oh, Month. Oh, February. Black Wizard so... History Month. We had a whole newsy whatever episode. It was a bonus. If you would like to, um... You can go back and listen. Yeah, was... You can stop now and go back and listen to us talk about Pottermore and stuff. It was episode 23 and one third, um, where we have, we, we spend the whole episode, it's like an hour and 45 minutes where we talk about that stuff. Um, but because <clears throat> it is Black History Month, we're going to continue in our black, um, we're going to talk about the black students of Hogwarts. Um, yeah. So we are celebrating not only Black History Month in the muggle world, but us witches and wizards on Wizard Team, we like to celebrate uh, some important wizards and black, wizarding black history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to spend 20 minutes talking about one of the explicitly black um, characters in the books. Um, really just the students. We're doing like the four explicitly black students, Hogwarts students. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we're going to talk about Blaze Zabini. Um, let me see if I can set a timer. Maybe you should do do it, it. yeah. Okay, so we are going to set a 20-minute timer, try to keep ourselves uh, under control. I am going to start now. Okay. Awesome. Blaze Zabini. Um, So we don't actually meet Blaze until um, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, as far as I know. I think that's it. 
Yeah, until yeah, half, yeah, half the prince. Actually, he might be mentioned. The, like I think his last name mentioned was mentioned. In, in, yeah, he's um, mentioned during the sorting. Yeah, but we don't get to really know him. Actually, there is if you go on the Harry Potter wiki, um, there's a lot of talk about how before Half Blood Prince, there was a lot of fan fiction and things where his even his gender was um, argued. So you can find a lot of early fan fiction with Blaze portrayed as being a woman because we don't know anything about right. him until... All we knew was his name initially um, until yes. Half-Blood Prince came out. Um, so he is... So yeah, so we don't see him until Half-Blood Prince, but he's in the same grade as like Harry and Ron in them. Um, so if I'm thinking about it, I don't... I feel like... Okay, I think I know. So you know how like there's like five... Um, first year Gryffindor boys or like you know and Harry's mm-hmm. uh, you know they get older so not just first year but for Slytherin I believe it's this I, I it's um Draco Crab Goyle I think Theodore Knott is in their thing and then Blaze Zabini and I feel like that's yeah. it in terms of like the boys and then there's like Pansy and so. Millicent and um probably like three other Slytherin girls I don't know yeah we don't get to know all of the Slytherin girls I'm I would think that's a good guess that Theodore is in their grade. Because I feel like he, um, like, shows up more, like, later on, and they're, like, always hanging around. He's, like, yeah. the homie. Well, they talk about the fact that, um, so when we first really get to see Blaze, it's because uh, Professor Slughorn invites him to the Slug mm-hmm. Club, and that's when we really get to see his personality. Right, which is, um, like, not As great. opposed to just his name. Yeah, which is not great. <laughs> but, um, the reason why Theodore not wasn't invited, and Draco wasn't invited to be in the Slug Club, is because Professor Slughorn is anti-Death Eater, and their parents have been outed at this point as being Death Eaters. Exactly. Um, So you can... I think it's a good guess that Theodore is in their their grade, because also, why else would he be, you know, hanging around with them? But he could be a year older or a year younger. Uh, Um, Yeah, but I feel like he's in this... I feel like they're in the same... Whatever. Yeah, so... Um, um, But it kind of goes... it, It helps with our theory of five students per, per year per gender yeah some like yeah. that yeah <laughs> so around 10 students per, per year, house yeah, per house per year per year per house per year yes. whatever um <laughs> so i kind of want to talk about you talked about how when we get to learn about uh blaze's personality it's not great so if you i just want to talk about the I, i'm going to do a quick read of the wiki. So Blaze was one of the students who received an invitation from Professor Horace Lughorn to join him to lunch on the Hogwarts Express. Mm-hmm. He is seen as being on friendly terms with the fellow Slytherins, Draco Malfoy and Pansy Parkinson. Um, but he doesn't speak much and he seems quiet and doesn't join the discussion. However, he does give a little amused skepticism when Slughorn says that he thinks Harry Potter has powers beyond the ordinary. Which, um, I mean, like, that particularly, that's valid. Like, hmm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's extra He's just, special. And great. They've, each, they've, been in, like, they've been in the same school for six years now, so yeah. Blaze is like, Harry's not special. Right. But um, you do see later like he calls Jenny a blood traitor. Like so he is like yeah. and he's in I mean I don't want to be like he's in Slytherin so he's bad cuz that's not true, but he that's not why he's bad. 
because he's so in Slytherin. You, go, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, but he is, he is like, he, he ascribes to the same, like, um, ideologies that people like the Malfoys and, um, mm-hmm. and them and However, the rest of them. Yeah. So if you further reading of the wiki, it says Blaze seemed to be a highly arrogant person who looked down on nearly everyone and everything. He rarely expressed his disdainful opinions in a confrontational manner. However, he was insulted most, um, he insulted most of his fellow slug, slug club, slug club members. He was prejudiced against muggles, muggle-borns, and those who were accepting of the him, which is when he called Jenny a blood traitor. Mm-hmm. Um, Pansy had teased Blaze that he found Jenny attractive, and he said, I would never touch a filthy blood traitor like her. So, ugh. Yeah. But he also doesn't hold high opinion of fellow of followers of Voldemort. So in the same conversation, he taunts Draco that his father had been outed as a Death Eater. Um, so he was arrogant and indifferent and dismissive, regardless of pure blood or not. Right. So um, this was just an he, asshole. Like, he's an equal yeah. opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is also... But I also think that, like, not quite, only because it's not like he uses any slurs against Draco. So it's like, he doesn't really respect Draco... Totally, and I think that comes from the fact that his father was like was outed as a Death Eater, rather than the fact that, which is more like about his, it yeah. is kind of so it says regardless of status, but I think that that's not true. I think that it's it's about it's about status, status, but it's about a specific type. So like his he, he was probably cool with I mean like he seems like a pretty he was kind of chill and like didn't hang out with them, but mm-hmm. he probably admired Draco more before his father was like put in the Azkaban. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, shoot, yeah. now you're getting arrested? Seems, now your dad's getting arrested? Nah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So he seems to be more in, uh, interested in your societal status, as in... Like, respectability. This fine... Respectability, exactly. This fine line between having the right pedigree, but also not being too far ideological that you alienate yourself. Mm-hmm. So he, he agrees with the ideology of pure blood wizards um but not so much that he would he's he's kind of really like lucius in this way where he wouldn't espouse these beliefs in a way that would damage his reputation in society as a whole right um but unlike lucius of course he then he also would not go as far as to join a a i was gonna say white right wing but that's not i don't know a fascist group like the Death mm-hmm. Eaters. Um, so he's never going to go to an extreme. He wants to be... Um, his desire for respectability and status is such that he's very cognizant of that perfect balance between beliefs and how extreme... When you know, So he's kind of a moderate... An assholy fascist moderate, <laughs> right? Like... Um, he's voting for Ted Cruz, not Donald Trump. Right. Right. Which, I mean, you, you can argue like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's like, yeah. who's not the loudest, like whatever. You know what I mean? Which is why exactly. I would think that, and like, obviously we don't see his reaction to Draco before Half-Blood Prince, but I would assume that like they were, he didn't have... He, I mean, again, he's probably, like, indifferent and dismissive to everyone, so he's probably just, like, chilling, like, whatever, but yeah. I feel like it's, the he wouldn't have, like, 
teased, even if he knew his father was a Death Eater, he wouldn't have teased Draco about it unless he got caught. And he got caught. And he's like, yeah. hmm. And it's more, the, the teasing is, um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I wish I could, my book is too far away. I could go run and get it. But Half-Blood Prince, but he says, it says in the wiki, he taunted Draco on his father being outed as a Death Eater. Right. Not that his father was a Death Eater. Hold so, up, hold up. Oh, look at her with her, her books in quick reach. <laughs> Love it. Um, um, while you look for yeah. it, I'm gonna, I want to, like, pivot to you, because I want you to also look for this. Draco, or Blaze's mother, I really wanted, like, I, someone, <laughs> Ooh, excuse me, you. excuse me, um, someone's mom, or someone needs to write this fanfic about his mother, so his mother is supposed to be extremely beautiful, famously beautiful witch, who had been, who has been widowed seven times by the time we get to Half-Blood Prince, so that's 96, um, each husband's death occurred both under suspicious circumstances and leaving Mrs. Zabini and Blaze richer than they already were. So, like, she's kind of got this black widow type of, um, history. So, it's unknown if Blaze's father was one of her late husbands or not, but every time she gets married, the husband meets an unfortunate and right. <laughs> um, mysterious end and her bank account be blowing up a I little mean, bit. I mean, to be honest, okay, real quick, so just, um, let's backtrack real quick and then I want to say something about the mom. So, um, mm-hmm. um, it's in the chapter when he, like, kind of teases Draco. It's chapter seven of Half-Blood Prince, The Slug Club, um, which obviously we're going to talk about at some point, um, in, like, 2018 or some shit. Um, <laughs> so, ch- 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 Okay, so Draco says, well, I pity... So, like, Zabini, Blaze comes back from um, the slug club meeting, like, goes into the Slytherin, uh, what's it called? Car or whatever, train car. And so Draco's like, um, I pity Slughorn's tr- taste. Maybe he's go- he's going a bit senile. Shame. My father always said he was a good wizard in his day. My father used to be a bit of his fa- a favorite of his. Slughorn probably hasn't heard I'm on the train or... I wouldn't bake on an invitation, said Zabini. He asked me about Knott's father when I first arrived. They used to be old friends, apparently. But when he heard when he heard he'd been caught at the ministry, he didn't look happy, and Knott didn't get an invitation, did he? I don't think Slughorn's interested in Death Eaters. Um, and then like Malfoy looks angry, but tries to play it off because that's yeah. how he does. He was salty though. Yeah, and if you could go back to when they are meeting, that's when I think Blaze talks about his mother. Mm-hmm. And he talk, he tells the story of his mom, I think, according to the wiki, as I can't, my, my memory's not by Anna's memory, but, um, and she's got the book in front of her, but he tells the story of his mom, so I feel like he is also... Okay, here we go. ...proud of that? Well, it kind of, it's a summarized thing, right? So, oh, okay. um, so Slughorn is, like, going around to, like, you know, talk to everybody, so... Um, it was as Harry had suspected. Everyone here seemed to have been invited because they were connected to somebody well-known or influential. Um, Zabini, who was, who was, inter- oops, sorry. Zabini, who was interrogated after McLagan, oh, McLagan, <laughs> whatever, um, turned out to have a famously beautiful witch for a mother. From what Harry could make out, she had been married seven times, each of her husbands dying mysteriously and leaving her mounds of gold. So I don't know that he's probably, you know what I mean? Like, it's from what he can make out. So it's probably like Slughorn knew that his mom was super famous or whatever. Um, She's famously beautiful, beautiful. so she's probably like a model or some shit. I don't know what they they have that. Or like something similar. 
Um, yeah. And it was just, they're talking about, and he probably mentioned, like, the, the seven, you know, being married seven times, or like, oh, how's this person? And like, oh, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. He did. <laughs> so, like, I'm so he sorry died. to have heard about, like, this other stepfather you had, and he's like, oh, whatever, <laughs> yeah. We chilling. So, I wanted to say yeah. that, like, I low-key, like, while Blaze, and I'm sure his mom is also, like, kind of bigoted and stuff, but, like, I like, I, I respect her hustle. I do, too. To be honest. I mean... So, this is one of the things about these kind of characters like this. It's, um, like, obviously, I don't subscribe to, like, you know, killing husbands and collecting their gold. Like, that's not my life. You know, like, (laughs) you do, like, I don't, I'm not here to cast aspersions on how you live your life. Right. I'm not trying to live my life that way, but. But also. I kind of respect your hustle. Yeah. I mean, I wish that there was, like, a better way to do it. Like, maybe if all of her husbands had ended up in, like, St. Mungo's, like, or, you know, like, I, that's not even that much better. I don't know, but... man. I feel like she's, I feel like, I feel, when I, I think when I was reading this, like, the first time, and I don't even really watch, well, I watch some soap operas now, but I feel like I'm, oh, have you seen that tweet of, like, there's, like, the picture of, like, the, these, um, robes, and they're, like, super, like, hella they're just super ridiculous and they have like oh i need to find it but it's um it has like hella it's like fur collar and shit and like fur on the Mm -hmm. um sleeves and like and it's just like a flowing ass gown but it's a robe and somebody was like this is the robe i'm gonna i'm gonna wear when i when the um (laughs) what was it when the um I was like, this is what I'm going to wear when like the police come to my door and tell me that my husband has died of mysterious circumstances so so i just think of her as like i mean she's not in a soap opera because she's not an actress it doesn't say that but like i just imagine her to look like that at all times and to always be like like, i'm just kind of thinking about like so i don't watch empire but she kind of gives me a cookie lion Hmm. vibe of like i'm doing this for me and my babies and like that's valid too i can see her dressing like cookie yeah just like you know um just super glamorous and stuff Aw, thanks, Mom. You're welcome. Aw, thanks, Mom. <laughs> Wait, that's booze. No, that's it's booze not. Mama. It's maple syrup. <laughs> my mom bought me pancakes. My mom made me pancakes. This is rude. Um, but yeah, no, so this I just think nice. that's, like, hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, so I, yeah, like, I agree. Like, I think that having um, a mother like that, too, where... Obviously, she's very vain, or you kind of get that feeling like she's a famous, like she's famous for being beautiful. Mm-hmm. And this kind of also goes back to the fact that there are only three thousand wizards, so, right? Exactly. You yeah. know, like it's not that hard to be very famous, and like um, if she is just known for being beautiful, um, and then is also obviously places a lot of importance on money and status because of who she marries and who she continues to marry mm-hmm. um i'm curious we, what her that, mom is, did exactly yeah right but this is another one of those um examples of and a harry potter is full of them of like children taking on the belief systems of their parents mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately we don't get to know much about Blaze before or after, so we don't really get to see how he grows from that, but from what we do see of him, um, especially in this one scene, he has taken on her belief system of 
or he cares a lot about appearance. He cares a lot about status and and so it kind of feels like he gets that from his he get it from his mom. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I think, but yeah, because clearly she has a value system of like status and and like because that's what she's you, marrying for. Yeah, exactly. Is like for if money you're gonna, and for if status. You're marrying, if you marry one rich guy. That's one thing. If you marry seven, right. like, that's what you care right. about, right? Which so. I think is, I'm sorry, for, like, a black woman to be doing that, that's valid. Shout out to you. Yeah. Like, I'm, um, I'm totally, was, like, down for it. But I do think that, like, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's, it's sketchy as fuck, for sure. But I'm like, you know what? Do you. <laughs> but yeah, I do think so, that that's partly, I mean, I wonder, because if, if, he, if she's marrying, like, all the like, rich, like, wizards and shit. Maybe she... Nah, she wouldn't, because clearly Blaze has, like, blood status issues, but... So, she's, she's marrying all these, like... Aw, he probably owns... Uh-huh. They probably own a house elf. Uh, they probably do. mad. They probably own slaves. Okay. Yeah, it's... A, anyway, so it's like but... Sorry, took, I was going to finish my thought. Oh. I just keep having, like, random thoughts in the middle of it. <laughs> but part of that is that if, if they're marrying like rich families a lot of those are really like old wizarding families probably and so that's where he's mm-hmm. getting all the like i mean he's probably getting it from his mom too but you know that getting that like ideology and stuff from also his like stepfathers and like that world he's like clearly in that world yeah he's in that world yeah um so it also says given his surname and skin color because he is described as let me get back to physical appearance. He was tall, dark-skinned young man with high cheekbones and long, slanting eyes that sent a chill into the air. Hashtag so, Bay. Hashtag Bay. So given his surname and skin color, it's likely that he is of, or at least partially, Italian and African descent, respectively. Right. So we don't know. Um, also, it's kind of weird because you don't know where... Zabini in the line of husbands or whatever comes from. Right, so exactly. it could possibly just be like the last husband or the one that adopted her him mm-hmm. or whatever. Or it could be his dad, but it we could don't be know. his dad, right? But we don't know. Um but it kind of goes on to that mixture of <laughs> I don't I don't want to say like but yeah, it's like this mixture of multiple worlds, right? Where it's like He's ex- like he kind of gets his exotic exoticism, right? Because his mother is like famously beautiful and they're dark skin, mm-hmm. and whatever. But um, has entry into these old places, and it also says in the behind the scenes on the wiki, um, which I I highly recommend everyone go read the wiki. Because even whether or not this is true or not, it's very interesting. It says, it's interesting to note that despite their prejudice against Muggleborns, the Slytherins do not seem to have any issues with accepting a wizard of a different skin color as long as he is pure blood. Hmm. So um, that's because of Blaze's acceptance. But also, I wonder if Blaze was of like the Weasley status money-wise, would he have the same thing? Right. right, like, would there be, So there's, like, like, all of these different levels to Blaze's privilege or to his entire, like, identity, really. Intersectionality. So yes, <laughs> which we love to talk about here. <laughs> um, so we have, like, five seconds. Oh, wait. I oh, to man, I wanted to that. talk about him in the movie. Okay. Oh, yes, well, let's Real go. quick, I just wanted to say that, like, um... It's interesting because he gets a little bit more time in the movie than he does in the... Well, actually, no. 
It depends. He gets a different time in the movie than he does in the books. Um, because yes. he, he like, um, what's it called? Takes over. He takes over for Crab. Or actually, he kind of, it, it's weird. So, like, um, he, takes he takes over for Goyle, who takes over for Crab. For Crab, yeah. Um, so, the what happens to Goyle in the book happens to Zabini in the movies. And what happens to Crab in the book Goyle happens in to the Goyle. movies, yeah, happened to Crab in the book. So. Right. Um, because the actor who played Vincent Crab was... He was fucking up. Uh, he was fucking up, yeah, <laughs> and he had some community service to mm-hmm. do because he was fucking up, so... Um, but I just think it's interesting because, like, I feel like we get to see more of his character in the book, which is, like, always you see more of his character in the book than mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, he, like, shows up in... Well, I mean, they do the slug club weird in Half-Blood in the movie, they don't really like. Yeah, yeah. They don't. Whatever. We're. They really. Focus I already on have feelings about Order of the too, Phoenix. So. I'm gonna I'm let those let the half blood parents yeah, slide for a little bit. We got some time. Um, but I do think it's like it's weird. Yeah, it's just weird because he just kind of sits in the corner, and you're supposed to like know that that's who he is because he's black and he scowls and he like sits with Draco, and that's about it. Whatever. Yeah, he is one line in the movie. And he is in the Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hallows. He's a, and he's also weirdly on the Quidditch team. Yeah, why? Wow. Um, they just put, everybody, he, they put anybody on the Quidditch team. Yeah. Oh my God. And I think it's because he's a noticeable character. Like you were saying, it's like we just are supposed to know who he is because he's black and he's he's attractive. Mm. And so obviously he's it's Blaze. Um, I do think, though, it's also kind of interesting to, to think about his portrayal in the, on the one hand, it's like, they could have replaced Crab, or, with not, you know, like, Theodore Not or something, so I do think it's kind of cool that Blaze, in terms of the fandom, even though he isn't very, um, fleshed out in the books until Half-Blood Prince, he, in in the world of fan fiction and fan art and stuff, he takes on this, um, he he becomes a kind of a really cool character, and people will will use him in, in stories and things, even though we don't know much about right. him, uh, uh, including gender for a long mm-hmm. time. But we know that he's dark skinned and um, he's a Slytherin, and he's got a cool name, and he's supposed to be like Fine. attractive. I want to like if I'm not sure if we. Um, have it, and if you could reach behind you and pull out Sorcerer's Stone, um, if we just have his name in the sorting, or if we have, I think it's like something like, and Zabini Blaze was sorted in the Slytherin, and that's and that was the end because and that's he's it. the you know he's a Z, he's a Z, um, yeah. Let me look real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> not Slytherin, not Slytherin. Yeah, so it says yeah. So it's, uh, well done, Ron. Excellent, said Percy Weasley pompously across Harry as Zabini Blaze was made a Slytherin. So, like, not even his race, either. Yeah. So, it could just be because he has a cool name. Like, you don't really know what, sometimes, what fans connect to, um, in terms of characters. But I think that also, it's not necessarily connection. It's also, like, we only have X amount of names. That's true. So in fan, so you like you want to make it kind of close enough as possible. So it's like, yeah, I think that's also part of it. It's like you want to make it as close as possible. So let's take all the names we know, even if we only hear them like 
we see it one once time. or yeah. in passing or yeah. Um, and I kind of get that too with because um, in the chapter which we're going to need to start going to, uh, we get we get our first introduction, real introduction to Justin F- Filch Fletchy. Uh-huh. Um, though we've heard his name before, but this is when we start to get a little bit of his personality. Mm-hmm. So um, that is true. So I just, but I do think it's nice that. Or it's interesting that of everyone that, like, if it's because they had already cast him in Half-Blood Prince before Crab was fucking up, um, <laughs> and so it was just easier, Or, but it's, I think it's something to think about with why he got slotted in that spot. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's else. more time in between, not necessarily, because they split up, um, I don't even, is he in part one? I don't think so because so I think it's, it's probably really like not very much yeah in the I, they probably like called him back school. like hey by the way we need you to do other things instead of just sitting in the background he was probably gonna be there anyway yeah you know and we probably would have maybe may or may have not may or may have not seen him but I don't know why he's on Quidditch they quit man do we need to have a I'm gonna wait again I'm gonna wait till I'll wait we'll to order the Phoenix to go on my Quidditch. <laughs> Yeah, so, okay, that's all the time we have. We did 25 minutes. Um, so Sorry, I'm time not to... pancakes and stuff, but... No eating during recording. It's too late. I'm almost done. They're very good. Okay. I was hungry. I haven't eaten all day. Neither have I, but still. And you know how I feel about pancakes. Okay, so... You could have came that... here. You decided not to come here. That wasn't my doing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Neither here nor there. <laughs> so, um... That was our talk about Blaze Beanie for Wizarding Black History Month. Yep. Who are we speaking, talking about next um, week? Angelina. Angelina! Yay. Next week we're going to do Angelina Johnson. Whoop. And then um, we, we are all going to get in formation. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag formation Hashtag while we talk about Angelina. Angelina. Um, and then maybe we'll go to Red Lobster afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so let's get into Chapter 6, Gilderoy Lockhart. Mm-hmm. Um, Hold on, I'm gonna let, I got one more pancake bite. I'm going to do a little <laughs> bit of talking. You can get in here when you're ready. I'm almost ready. Um, so the next day, Harry barely grinned. Things start to go downhill from breakfast in the Great Hall. And this is after they got, uh, they were not expelled, thank God, but they were given detention. And then when they get, went back to the Great, or to the common room, they were greeted as like... Heroes heroes basically um so they had like they went to sleep with a mixture with like mixed feelings of that was cool and people really like you know we got a lot of praise from our fellow students and also like whoo we dodged a bullet and that wasn't probably the smartest thing to do right so at breakfast harry and ron sat down next to hermione who had her copies of voyages with vampires propped open against a milk jug there was a slight sniff, stiffness in the way that she said morning, which told Harry she was still disapproving of the way they arrived. Neville, on the other hand, greeted them cheerfully. Mel's due any minute, Neville said. I think Grand's sending me a few things I forgot. So the mail comes, all the owls start streaming in, dropping off letters and packages to a chattering crowd. When a big, lumpy, a big lumpy package bounced off Neville's head, and a second later, something large and gray fell into Hermione's jug, spraying them all with milk and feathers. I feel like I should make Errol my real MVP, because I, like, didn't have, really have one. Yeah. Like, they, he tries so hard. 
He does. He's just putting in the hard work, and you know he need a vacation. Mm-hmm. Hashtag get Errol a vacation. Real talk. Um, so, Ron pulls Errol out of the milk when Hermione's like, it's alright, he's still alive, and Oh yeah, because Ron like, gasps. Ron gasps, and he's like, it's not, he don't care if Errol's alive, he sees this red envelope. I feel like they know that Errol is, like, really resilient, so I feel like they, like, yeah. don't worry about him at all. He, like, they're falls. Like, of course he's still alive. Yeah, he, like, falls, and they're like, uh. <laughs> that is literally, um. They're like, you'll be all right. Walk it off. Yeah, quick, quick tangent, but I am very clumsy, and I was, like, super clumsy when I was growing up. I've gotten a lot better now, but at this point, when I'm at home, and it's, like, me and my, and my family, if I fall or they hear me go, like, ah, or something like that, like, <laughs> there is such a delay now in, you all right? And it's not even, a, it's not even, <laughs> like, oh, are you okay or anything? It's, like, literally my mom is, like, you all right? Right, just, like, <laughs> letting you know that you're good. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. We're well, not doing this anymore. I feel like when I was younger, and maybe that's just, like, a thing in general because I was, I was younger, they were, like, oh, God, are you okay? Put some ice on right. it or whatever. And now it's just, like, you good. Yeah, <laughs> shake it off. Right. <laughs> that's hella just funny. Another day. Um, and I feel like that's what they do to Errol. They're just like, yeah, he, I, he got it. He got it. Right. And like Harry and Hermione are looking at him like, dude, y'all need a new owl. <laughs> like, I don't know how to say this. I know y'all are poor, but man, this bro gotta like, he needs a vacation. Yeah. He needs to just like chill in the alley. I'm surprised he's a fed up like, like Trevor. <laughs> Seriously. And Trevor hasn't even gotten that much shit, but, like, Errol... Yeah. Man, he's sticking um, with him. So, Neville tells... Or, Harry's like, what's the matter? And Ron says, she sent me a howler. And I like how he knows it's Molly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not It's not Arthur. It's, it's like, not Like, Arthur. Arthur's pissed, but it's not Arthur. Only Arthur's Molly would, be, able, would be like, have the... Be so pissed that she's like, I'm gonna... I'm gonna put this all into this letter. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to see, too, I'm actually going to try to look this up, if howlers are something that you set out to make, or if while writing it, you were so angry that oh, it just, like, yeah. transformed. It's like, actually, a letter won't do. Exactly. Mm-mm-mm. You're going to, we're going to need to turn this into something right. more. <laughs> They're like, and mm, I you, would... you done punctured the, the parchment too many times. Like, yeah, I can exactly. tell you want to, Yeah. So it, it's a magical letter in a red envelope, which enchants the written message into the writer's voice, usually at a very high volume. Like, I'm curious if, like, on the other, on the front side of that, if, like, Molly is just yelling at this piece of paper and Arthur's just, like, cowering in the corner, like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but um, also... And also, mm-hmm. yeah. We yeah. Are, and as you know, we're accepting submissions to the Hogwarts BSU, and I would love to see a Black Mama Tower if anyone comes up with something like that because you know it would have been like ronald bilious weasley let me tell you something oh you think you grown oh oh so you think you grown let me tell you what you're not gonna do what like, you're not gonna do bro. and i wonder if the howler starts to tilt from side to side <laughs> like a head nod like, so it says um that the physical temperature of the howler begins to rapidly increase upon delivery and it will explode if left unopened too long this mechanism ensures that the recipient will open the howler, even though he or she knows that it contains an unpleasantly loud message. Once it's been received, the envelope bursts into flames, leaving only ashes. So that's where Neville comes in with a, 
you better open it, Ron. It'll be worse if you don't. My grand sent me one once and I ignored it. It was horrible. So, like, <laughs> Neville's just like, looking out for his homie, like, look, bruh, you're going you to take bad this either L. Way. You might yeah. as well take it now. <laughs> you might as well just receive it and, <laughs> just, yeah, deal with it. Um, so, what's it called? But Ron's whole attention was fixed on the letter, which had begun to smoke at the corners. Um, open it, Neville urged. It'll be open. It'll be over in a few minutes. Um, Ron stretched out a shaking hand, eased the envelope from Errol's beak, and slid it open. Oh, what if it exploded in Errol's beak? That would suck. Um, <laughs> Neville stuffed and his, it just that, yeah Neville stuffed his fingers in his ears a split second later Harry knew why he thought for a moment it had exploded a roar of sound filled the huge hall shaking dust from the ceiling it can't help that like they're in the great hall so it's really like echoey and shit so yeah. it's like even worse than if it was like in a regular room I yeah like. I also love um, I'm, gonna, I'm about to read it but I love that when he opens it it doesn't even, it starts mid-sentence, like, just, ang- like, Molly mm-hmm. is, like, like, the thing has been going off in the envelope already, right. like, she, she just could not wait. Well, I think also so it's just the like, fact that it, when it goes out, it's just, like, all you can hear is noise at first, so it's, like, I can't yeah. even hear what's being you can't, said. Your ears have to adjust. Yeah, to that decibel. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing the car? I wouldn't have been surprised if they'd expelled you. You wait till I get hold of you. I don't suppose you stopped to think what your father and I went through when we saw it was gone. Miss Weasley's yells a hundred times louder than usual made the plates and spoons rattle on the table and echoed deafeningly off the stone walls. People throughout the hall swiveling around to see who had received the howler, and Ron sank so low in his chair only his crimson forehead could be seen. Letter from Dumbledore last night. I thought your father would die of shame. We didn't bring you up to behave like this. You and Harry could have both died. Harry had been wondering when his name was going to crop up. He tried very hard to look as though he couldn't hear the voice that was making his eardrums throb. Absolutely disgusted. Your father's facing an inquiry at work. It's entirely your fault. And if you put another toe out of line, we'll bring you straight back home. You know, she said ass in there somewhere. It's been edited. <laughs> right. Because this is still a children's she was, book. Yeah, she was but definitely she there said, some cuss words What she there. actually said was, we'll bring your ass straight back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a ringing silence fell. The red envelope had dropped from Ron's hand, burst into flames, and curled into ashes. I mean, I think, so. man, that's intense. And I think that it's, what's really interesting are a couple things. Like, one, the whole, like, the characterization of, I mean, I feel like... In these movies, they tend to, like, caricaturize a lot of these, um, if caricaturize is a word, um, y'all know what I mean if it isn't, um, a lot of the characters, so with, like, with Molly, it's a lot of her being really shrill to being really nice right away, so, like, the moment Mm -hmm. in, when they, when she yells at, um, Ron and the twins for flying the car earlier, and in the, in the book, like, um, she does go to Harry and she's like super nice, but in the, but in the movie, in the movie, she's like even more so. She's like, I don't blame Harry. I don't blame you, Harry, dear. And then goes back to yelling and is like, but of course, do you, are you hungry? And then the same thing in the, in the, um, in the movie at, in this scene where then she looks to Jenny like, oh, and Jenny, dear. Oh, Jenny, dear. Thanks for, you know <laughs> what I mean? Congratulations on being sorted into Gryffindor. Like, I'm glad that that didn't happen in the book. Cause I feel like that's, that's doing a lot. And yeah. she doesn't, and Jenny doesn't need a howler for it. Like, that's, <laughs> that's a yeah. lot. Um, for sure. But I yeah. Think to, 
I feel like I had something else to say, but you can go first because I can't remember it. Okay, I was just going to add that. I think the characterization of Molly as, like, being the disciplinarian and um, being the one that has to, like, or I don't know if she has to be the one, but she is kind of the one who disciplines the kids and, like, makes sure that they understand, like, the seriousness of what they've done. I think is shown really well with this howler, but it also is kind of... It, it kind of upsets me that she's like, your father is facing an inquiry at work and it's all your fault. And I understand that she's upset, but it's like, it's actually not because the car shouldn't exist in the first That's place. That's true, yeah. Like, yeah, no one would know about it if not for Ron being so dumb. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's this kind of characterization of her as being very naggy in a way that is, I don't think, fair um, to, I mean, to Molly. Well, no, but I think that she is. I think that's a part of her character is that, well, like, yeah, she while is, she's usually but... right, she still, she's, she nags. And not all, and I don't think that that's, like, all of the mothers in the book. Um... Well, she's really the but one she's mother like the ma- to- but I yeah, but she's the main mother. So it's like it's it's funny because it's like it could be, it's potentially problematic. But at the same time, I'm like wondering if that's just her characterization. It's like a weird thing, like she's yeah. like the naggy mom, but then she is the disciplinarian, and she is really sweet. It was like a lot of things happening, so I'm not totally sure if it's. But I know I like I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. That's an interesting thing. To think I think about. it just kind of goes along to like. I'm just thinking about, like, further on in the story where that kind of tendency becomes an issue with, with the twins, oh, especially. Yeah, um, and I feel like this kind of is the first time we see the... I think earlier when they steal the car to, to rescue Harry, like, you can tell that they're scared of her and that she's a disciplinarian, but you also, like, they have kind of the moral high ground mm-hmm. in that moment, like... And she knows it. She even, like, she... And she gives them that, that break of, like, and we were going to do something about right. it soon. So, like, we had already been talking about mm-hmm. it. How'd you let us, like... How'd you let grown folks be, be grown, grown folks? Whereas, like, this, they're just being totally ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, what I was so going to... kind of... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I, I sorry. I just remembered, like... The other part of it in this is Harry. And, like, the relationship between her and Harry. So, like... She brings Harry into it, but she doesn't, like, address the letter to Ron and Harry. And I think a part of that is because it's, like, I feel like if this had happened maybe, like, three years from now, she would have been, yeah, like, Harry. Harry motherfucking Potter, bro. Like, <laughs> you done sat at my table, like, all this stuff. But because it's, like, I don't really know the kid that well. Like, you know what I mean? It's, like, one of those things where yeah. you, like, want to yell at both of them, but you can't because that's not your kid. So you can't really, like, discipline them in the way that you want. I mean, like, Harry still feels like he's been punished. Yeah. Um, like later it says that he, his insides were burning with guilt. Um, you know, after all Mr. and Mrs. Weasley had done for him over the summer, like it's like, so he gets the, he gets part of it, but it's not directly addressed to him because he's not like their kid. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's some. it also, it goes to show like, it's another one of those, like how great kind of Harry is or how, <clears throat> in tune and emotionally intelligent he is that he kind of knows like he gets the same lesson even by proxy of mm-hmm. Ron 
but and I agree with you like had it been like maybe the next year she would have been like you gonna get this right. <laughs> you know, you gonna take this L too <laughs> yeah um but I do I do think it it's kind of a strange it's it's also one of, I think it's also one of these scenes where I I have a hard time separating the movie from the book because I whenever I read this now I see that scene and I see Ron's face mm-hmm. and I see it kind of played up for laughs and it's much more serious um, in this moment. It's much more serious, and then I mean we even get to like Hermione closes her book and looks at the top, looks down at the top of Ron's head, and she goes, "Well, I don't know what you expected, Ron, but and Ron goes, "Don't tell me I deserved it," snapped Ron, and it's like. I think you can read that two ways. Either Ron thinks that he didn't deserve that kind of public humiliation mm-hmm. or, or he did and he doesn't don't tell me to. I deserve it. Cause I already know yeah. I deserve it and I don't need you to pile on, mm-hmm. you know? So it kind of goes both ways. Um, so yeah, I just, I have a lot of feelings about it. I think it's a great scene though. And I think it's a great illustration too of that, that fear that comes from parenting and I just recently like felt these things like with Ami even and she's not my kid but like when she's like not paying attention she gets really silly Mm -hmm. and she starts running and you like are like stop because you like know that she's getting dangerously close to the street or she's not like she's just not paying attention she's Mm -hmm. getting too far away and you have this like anger at her that is actually terror right I know because one of the lines is you and Harry could both have died Died. And it's like, yeah. so in addition to her being like pissed off at them, she's also like, I was worried about you guys. Like you just yeah. left without saying anything, saying anything stole the car. Like us. I'm sitting here, like I have duty of care of Harry in this moment because we've been taking care of him the, mm-hmm. for the past month, like all these things. So it's like, in addition to being like pissed off and like Arthur is having, is in trouble at work and all that stuff. And now all of a sudden, like in addition to being like, shit, where's my kid? Yeah, and so this is, a, I think also, it's like, it's the first time that she gets, she gets the letter, so she, she gets that rush of, like, oh, thank God, mm-hmm. they're okay, they're at, they're safe, they're at Hogwarts, and as soon as that kind of wave of, like, terror subsides, what you're left with is anger mm-hmm. at the person that left you so, like, exactly. terrified, you know what I mean, like, it didn't need to be this exactly. way, though, like, I literally had that moment after lunch with Ami when we were, like, racing or whatever, mm-hmm. and she thought she was going to get slick, and she, like, looked at your mom, like, are you not going to help me? And, like, big ups to my auntie that was like, oh, you going to take that. Right. Like, like you the... going to get that lecture. Exactly. <laughs> you did it. But, um, yeah, so I, I don't know. It, it feels, I, it, I guess it's also one of these things about having the closer reading as you get older where you feel a little bit more, like... Nah, they were really fucking up. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, the first time you're like, oh, I understand that, like, it's fun. embarrassment of getting yelled at right. in, in public. And, and now you're like, no, you whatever. better take this lecture. You better take that yeah, out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's what you need to do. Um, <laughs> That's what you. But yeah, so um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione leave the castle after they get their, like, schedules, their class schedules. Um, they leave the castle to go to the um greenhouses where they're gonna t- do herbology um at least double herbology double herbology with the hufflepuffs. which is kind of yeah. cool with the hufflepuffs yeah that's like not that's like i think wasn't the last the last book or like a couple times they have like double potions with the slytherins or something i'm like yeah. why do you do them like that that's disrespectful <laughs> um yeah double herbology with the hufflepuffs is like that's chill 
Um, at least the Howler had done one good thing. Hermione seemed to think that they had now been punished enough and was being perfectly friendly again. I love Hermione. She's like, I'm gonna punish y'all if nobody else is. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of, like, get that. But it's also, like, it makes me a little bit like, Hermione, that's not your place. Like, I get it, though. But I think it's more her, like, her being worried that they don't understand the, like, how... The consequences consequences of the... Yeah, Yeah. and how serious it was. Because you saw them at the, at the end of the last chapter where everybody's cheering for them and they're like, oh yeah, that was actually, that was brilliant. And she's sitting there like, no, bro, like, you really, like, what you've done is serious. And I think that she needed to wait for them to understand that what they did, exactly, like, really understand that what they did was a problem before she could be like, all right, we can move on to the next thing. Um, which I mean, like, <laughs> again, she too. nags and she sometimes, she takes things, I mean, we'll see in uh, Prisoner of Asking Man where she takes things, like, way too far, where it's like, mm-hmm. your your heart's in the right place, but, like, you're doing too much. And so that, that she's like that all the time. Um, yeah. So it's not to say that, like, what she's doing is totally right, but that's just, like, her thought process behind it. Yeah, and I understand what she's trying to do. It's one of those things where it's, like, your intentions get lost in your execution Mm -hmm. because what then happens is like in prisoner of Azkaban and stuff, it's, it, it backfires on her and they're like, you're always trying to teach us shit, but you're not in like, you need to be our friend. Like you need to explain, you need to like, and then either be like, I, okay, agree to disagree. Cause I can't force you to do the right thing. Right. Or like, it's, so it's not be on our side. I'm not saying she needs to be on their side. I'm just saying, like, she doesn't have any authority. Right, exactly. To, like, so then it just becomes annoying, and then they start to tune her out. Mm-hmm. Or, on the flip side, with what we see in Prisoner of Azkaban, they actively, like, reject what she does because her intentions are lost in her execution. Right. Totally. So they get near the greenhouse and they see wait for professor sprout who um they see striding into view across the lawn accompanied by gilroy lockhart professor sprout's arms were full of bandages and with another twinge of guilt harry spotted the whomping willow in the distance several of its branches now in slings professor sprout was a squat little witch who wore a patched hat um Gilderoy Lockhart, however, was immaculate in sweeping robes of turquoise. So we kind of get to see this juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Like it says that like her large amounts of earth on her clothes and fingernails would have made Aunt Petunia faint. And then like next to this like very earthly, I mean, she's a gardener. Right. She's a farmer. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of like the like. Because she is also an academic, the academic part of, like, agriculturalist, I guess. Right, or like a... um, Or not a magi-zoologist, but a herbologist. Yeah, she's a herbologist. Um, Botanist, basically. Thank you, that's the word. Um, But her her profession entails a lot of, like, using your hands Mm -hmm. and, like, being, like, um, like, manual work. And then juxtaposed next to Gilderoy Lockhart, who is all about, like, his smile, his um, golden hair shining under a perfectly positioned turquoise hat. With um, gold trimming, so he's, like, matching his clothes to his hair and shit. Like, he's doing the most. He's he's Um, doing the most. Yeah, and then immediately he goes, oh, hello there. 
Um, just been showing Professor Sprout the right, the right way to doctor a whomping willow, but I don't want you running away with the idea that I'm better at herbology than she is. I just happen to have met several of these exotic plants on my travels. Um, one, this is the first of a couple times where I wrote go away after he said something. Um, yes. Two, right after that juxtaposition of like her really clearly being like deep in the work and like, you know, clearly has practical knowledge yeah. and like just got done doctoring the Whomping Willow. That shit has to be hard as fuck. And then he's sitting there on the side like, oh yeah, that's the right way to do it. Just like saying shit for no reason. Like, why are yeah. you there? There's not no reason helpful. for you to be there. Not being helpful. Totally and not getting dirty. If he had you. really been helping her, he would also be like full of dirt and like helping her carry stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just like, yeah. I actually wrote like later in a couple of pages, but I, it, it works anyway. I think I just wrote it because that was like a continuation of Gilderoy Lockhart. That he is the reason like reaction gifts are made. Like, yeah. Every That's time literally like everything I've said. I'm like, every time he says something, Nick I've Young written question, some like. Yeah. I'm like, where's my Nick Young questioning yep, face I literally gift? have one there. <laughs> I literally have like the three question marks next to one the part. Three question marks. And I'm, in my head, that's the gif or like the, the meme. Yeah. Um, the meme that like Bayana loves and I've like really loved the two guys like looking like. Yeah, just like. I can't even, I can't even like. Show you guys. Show you, but you know what I'm saying. But the two like, bros who are just like fed up with life, just like, what is your life? Why? And yeah, then also there's doing? next to another one, I put how, like just Kanye, how. And we'll, we'll get to this, but like, I wrote <laughs> yes. go away hella times after like i have three question marks all the time yeah i'm just like dude what is your problem like i need to just put like hashtag kanye shrug like every time he walks away when you're just like it is what it is i guess like just he is a gift machine he's like literally all the he's just he's basically the embodiment of all the like dumbass trolls that we get and we don't even get that many but they're all lame (laughs) so what i got the one i got sunday morning that shit was hilarious. That made me so angry. I like. I was rolling. I was like, you only have another account for why? I am fighting a cold, and I was like, hey, I used a Michael Jackson gif because the New York Metro was fucking up. Like, this guy doesn't follow me. I don't follow him. I have never, like, I don't know where he came from. But when you use a reaction gif, like, it's the, like, why are you commenting on my reaction and not, like... Or no, not even on the reaction, on the person giving the reaction and not the actual, like... Like, not, like, out of... It was just... Whatever. We're gonna get back to Harry Potter. Whatever. It was a lot. We don't have time. Right. I don't want to sully your good working brain cells with that idiocy. (laughs) Um, anyway... Um, so, so uh, Greenhouse 3 today chap said Professor Spout, who's looking distinctly disgruntled and not at all her usual cheerful self. Exactly. Which we will see often when Why? professors have to interact with Lockhart. Mm-hmm. So they, um, follow Professor Spout to the, um, greenhouse. Um, Harry was about to follow Ron and Hermione inside when Lockhart's hand shot out. Harry, I've been wanting a word. You don't mind if he's a couple minutes late, do you, Professor Sprout? Like, ugh, go away. Um, (laughs) Judging by Professor Sprout's scowl, she did mind, but Lockhart said, that's the ticket, and closed the greenhouse door in her face. Actually, yeah, I'm going to change my MVP right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's so much that happens in this, like, chapter that I wasn't sure when I finished, but now I know. Um, 
Harry, said Lockhart. Harry, Harry, Harry. Um, Harry says nothing. When I heard, well, of course, it was all my fault. Could have kicked myself. And I'm sitting here like, that was when I used my how, my Kanye how meme. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm I'm sitting here like, what are you talking about? Like, me and Harry. Me and Harry are both like, what are you even, what? Right. What are you talking about? And he's like, don't know when I've been more shocked. Flying a car to Hogwarts. Well, of course, I knew at once why you'd done it. Stood out a mile. Harry, Harry, Harry. Um... Gave you a taste for publicity, didn't I? Gave you the bug. You got onto the front page of the paper with me, and you couldn't wait to do it again. It's just like... It's like, no one's brain but yours works that way. Yeah. And Harry's like, oh no, Professor, see... Harry, Harry, Harry... Please stop saying his name, bro. You're killing me. (laughs) Um, I understand... Natural to but want a don't. bit right. Natural to want a bit more once you've had the first taste, and I blame myself for giving you that because it was bound to go to your head. But see here, young man, you can't start flying cars to try and get yourself noticed. Just calm down, all right. Plenty of time for that when you're older. Yes, yes, I know what you're thinking. It's all right for him, but he's internationally he's an internationally famous wizard already. But when I was twelve, I was even ju- I was just as much of a nobody as you are now. In fact, I'd say I was even more of a nobody. I mean, a few people have heard of you, haven't they? All that business with Hugh must not be named. All of that. Literally, all that, oh, that was my Nick Young. That was the question marks. <laughs> that was when I was just like, dude, he's, that you're, he's a nobody? Business. He's Harry Potter. You may, you, may have, you may or may not have heard of the business about him killing your parents. I mean, I heard about it, but I don't know. If everybody knows right. about Right, only like a few not, people they may not all be have heard of you. I'm like, literally, Harry is like 10 times more famous than Gilderoy Lockhart. That's why it's so, like, ridiculous. That's what you think. That's, that's what you think. That's why it's so ridiculous, is Harry is way more famous. But apparently... Because Gilderoy Lockhart was Magical's best smile. Right, oh like, yeah. three times. Three times. He's third class or Order of Merlin. Oh my goodness. Just like, bro, you're just the freaking, like, not only is he, that's why it's so irritating that he's also a fraud, because <laughs> he could still be this horrible and still have done all the things that he did, but it's like, he's super, like, he's super conceited, he's, like, super, yeah. um, like, You're making pushy. me bring up all of these things that I have in my notes later on. Sorry, in the I'm just like, sure yeah, I, I'm just yeah. like, he's so, like, cocky. And all of, and he's like so pushy and like all these things, but then is also not good at what he does. Like, how are you all of these things and then also are incompetent? Right. You have to at so least be I, competent if you're gonna be like this. If you're gonna be like so, this. that is what I like. So I wrote this later on, um, after when we get to his class. But it's like he reminds me a lot of those of the like professional athletes that had later got caught cheating, like with um performance enhancing drugs mm-hmm. and PEDs and all that stuff where it's like they were so over the top with their defense of themselves like Lance Armstrong literally got people fired was like giving out lawsuits and doing all this stuff knowing full well that he cheated right and it's like your ego is so big that you forgot that you're not like, actually good at what you're doing Exactly. How? You forgot that this is all a big fraud. It's so crazy. Like, calm down. I mean, even this. So this is even worse. So, again, so he says, I mean, a few people have heard of you, haven't they? All that business with you must not be named. I know, I know. It's not quite as good as winning Witch Weekly's Most Charming Smile Award five times in a row as I have. But it's a start, Harry. It's a start. I want to punch him in his face. <laughs> like, we were just talking start. about, we were just talking about, like, the whole, like, bringing up his, um, like, when you said that bringing up his, um, 
like what happened to Harry is like triggering trauma and stuff. And so it's like, mm-hmm. not only is he bringing that up, which is like, okay, people bring but it he's up, but he's it also belittling he... it. Not like you're belittling the fact that his parents were murdered by a dark wizard and that he happened to not have been killed as well. Like, it's are not you, that big of a deal. Are you kidding it's me? Not as, it's, it's not as not big not of as a deal. Impressive. Your parents being murdered is not as big of a deal as me winning My best smile. smile in Witch Weekly. Ugh. I hate him. He's it's the worst. It's a start. It's a start, though. Maybe maybe if your best friends die next, maybe if, you know, Voldemort comes after our Hedwig and... He- oh, damn it, Robin. I did it to myself. Hmm. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, so he gave Harry a hearty wink and strode off. Harry stood stunned for a few seconds. Then, remembering he was supposed to be in the greenhouse, he opened the door and slid inside. Um, so, he goes to class, and Professor, Smout, Professor Sprout says, We'll be repotting mandrakes today. Now, who can tell me the properties of the mandrake? To nobody's surprise, Hermione's hand was first into the air. Yay, Hermione. Um, all Hufflepuffs and Hermione. Look at, look at me. Um... <laughs> Mandrake or Mandragora is a powerful restorative, said Hermione, sounding as usual as though she had swallowed the textbook. It is used to return people who have been transfigured or cursed to their original state. Man, isn't it lucky that they always learn stuff that's, like, useful for later on in the book? I literally was like, (laughs) shout out to Pot. I was like, hmm, isn't this useful? Right. (laughs) What a cool cool winky day. Exactly. And, but then I was also trying to think, like, they probably, like, they are just in a second year, so, like, yeah, it's useful, but, you know, maybe every second year class goes through the repotting of mandrakes. No, I'm sure they do. Following. I'm just saying for, like, obviously, I'm not, yeah, I'm sure they do. I'm just saying, no, like, for I'm the purpose like, of I these books. I am trying to, like, anti, uh, trying to, like, hold back my own cynicism, right. you know, like, because I'm just like, mm, well, exactly. that convenient. Well, I mean, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, part of it is... Again, it's the children's books. And, like, later on, like, even here, they start, we start seeing, like, seeds of stuff that come up in later yeah. books, which feels more, like, clever than the ones that just come up, like, in a couple chapters. So, yeah, yeah it seems less convenient um, when it comes up in the same book as opposed to when it comes up, like, three books along the line. Um, yeah, so excellent. Ten points to Gryffindor. The Mandrake The point system, though, can we just make us take uh-huh. a second? Mm-hmm. So... She gets 10 points because she knew this. She actually ends up getting 20 points in this piece, in this yeah. section. Um, Neville got five for standing up to his friends. But that no, was he his... got... No, he didn't get five. He got 10. All right. Because it was 50, 50, 60, and 10. And then how many did they get for defeating the mountain troll? Five. And then the they points. got, and 50 got taken away from, for being outside out, you know what I mean? Before, um, after dark, oh, like yeah. it, the point system makes no sense. It, I feel like it gets a little, if you, if you ignore the Sorcerer's Stone, it gets a little bit more consistent. Um, I guess. Because in the Sorcerer's Stone, they range from giving one point to like 50 points or taking away, you know what I mean? Giving or taking away yeah. one to 50 points. Whereas, like, for the rest of the books, it's kind of, for the most part, it's in the five, five to, ten to ten range is, like, the, is the, um, like, average, and then sometimes 20, sometimes 50. I think at the end of this, they get, like, 100 or some shit, but they deserve that. Um, 
Yeah, yeah so it's just like, yeah, exactly. Um, and defeated Voldemort again. And um, outed, uh, what's his name? Lockhart. Yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I think it, it, it gets a little bit more consistent, but with, when you bring Sorcerer's Stone in it, then it's just like, what? <laughs> How? Yeah. Um, yeah, so the mandrake forms an essential part to, of most antidotes. It is also, however, dangerous. Who can tell me why? Hermione's hand narrowly missed Harry's glasses as it shot up again. The cry of the mandrake is fatal to anyone who hears it, she said promptly. Precisely. Take another ten points. Now the mandrakes we have here are still very young. Um, she points to the deep trays as she spoke. Um, so basically you just see little pr- plants, purplish green in color, um, growing in rows. They looked quite unremarkable to Harry, who didn't have the slightest idea what Hermione meant by the cry of the mandrake. Um, so everybody puts on earmuffs. Um, Professor Sprout says, when I tell you to put them on, make sure your ears are completely covered. When it become when it is safe to remove them, I will give you the thumbs up. Right. Earmuffs on. I also want to point out that, like, Harry spends, I don't know, because Harry spends about a month post-Diagon Alley trip. Mm-hmm. At the borough, no one's locking up his books. Or like, so you just didn't. Maybe he didn't care so much about herbology, so he's reading other stuff. But like, you just didn't read. Or we see not- also later Transfiguration. He was just chilling. I mean, again, I feel like they probably all were. You know what I mean? It's Hermione. <laughs> That's like, true, but they probably. I mean, maybe they sh- they probably should have read something that you know they don't do their <laughs> their work. Um, so Harry let out a gasp of surprise that no one could hear. Um, instead of roots, a small, muddy, and extremely ugly baby popped out of the earth. The leaves were growing right out of his head. He had a pale, he had pale green mottled skin and was clearly bawling at the top of his lungs. Professor Sprout took a large plant pot from under the table and plunged the mandrake in it, burying him in dark, damp compost until the tuft leaves were visible. Professor Sprout dusted off her hands, gave them all the thumbs up, and removed her own earmuffs. Um, I'm really curious about what they look like. Like, at, do they look like grown men at the end? I know. That would be so I weird. See that. <laughs> like, pull them out and they're just like these, like, six foot, like, dudes yeah. crying and shit. That's actually really hilarious. Um, also, can we take a moment to appreciate the fact that Neville doesn't faint because he's right? a, He's adept at herbology? Like, he knows what he's doing and putting yeah. on some earmuffs is really simple. 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 Also, like, can we just take a moment that Neville is accident prone, and we'll see that later in this chapter even, but he's not, like, he listens, he pays attention, he's right. not crab, or, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes I just feel like they do my boy dirty. They, they do. He's, there. everybody is like, there's like certain people who are like comedic, you know what I mean? Foils. Yeah, yeah. slapstick, like Seamus, Neville... I want to say Molly a little bit. Jenny, before she, like, decides that she can, like, speak in front of Harry. Yeah. Um, man, Jenny with them eyes all the time. Her eyes she just got her, wide. You know Rupert Grant was that, teaching her, Rupert, right? gonna, let me give you <laughs> some face bruh. tips. Bruh, I got you. <laughs> you nervous? I got you. This is how you do this. This is how you, this is how you look scared. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> my gosh um as our mandrakes are only seedlings their cries won't kill yet 
Um, however, they will knock you out for several hours, and as I'm sure none of you want to miss your first day back, make sure your earmuffs are securely in place while you work. I will attract your attention when it's time to pack up. Um, four to a tray. There's a large supply of pots here, compost and sacks over there, and be careful of the venomous tentacula. It's teething. Um, magical plants are so weird. Dude, I'm here for it, but like, they're weird. Like she gives a start, she gives a sharp slap to a um, spiky, dark red plant as she spoke, making it draw in the long feelers that had been inching sneakily over her shoulder. Like what the heck, bro? I love. So and I, you were like, they're so weird. And I'm like, I love magic. No, I mean it's awesome. <laughs> it's like weird in a great way. Like it's so. It's like it's just weird, but it's yeah, it's awesome. It's like this plant is just like I could just see Fresh's mouth being like, don't even try it, bro. Don't like, test come me. On. Mm. Back up. Um. So, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are joined at their tray by a curly-haired Hufflepuff boy Harry knew by sight but had never spoken to. Um, Justin Finch Fletchley, he said brightly, Know who you are, of course, the famous Harry Potter, and you're Hermione Granger, always topping everything. And, um, and Ron Weasley, wasn't that your flying, your flying car? Um, so that's, so it says Ron doesn't, didn't smile, the howler was obviously still on his mind, um... But I feel like if that hadn't, if the Howler hadn't come, Ron would have been really happy about that. Yeah. Like, it's not, because, you know what I mean? Like, each of them gets a specific thing. Yeah. Like, you're all known for something, and I think that that's really important to him, but, you know, Molly came and shut that down real quick. <laughs> he was um, like, oh, yeah, the car, let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, if he had come, like, last night, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yep, that was me. That was my car. Um... <laughs> So, Justin talks a lot. He talks so Which is much. fine, but he's like a babbler. Um, that Lockhart's something, isn't he? Awfully brave chap. Have you read his books? I'd have died of fear if I'd been cornered by in a... Te- sorry, if I'd been quartered in a telephone booth by a werewolf. But he stayed cool and zap. Just fantastic. My name was down t- for Eaton, you know? Like, he just, like, goes on into, like... He doesn't even take a breath yeah um i can't tell you how glad i am um i came here instead of course mother was slightly disappointed but since i made her read lockhart's books i think she's begun to see how useful it'll be to have a fully trained wizard in the family um so he's muggle-born yes um isn't eaton a real school eaton is a real school it's a really um posh school posh (laughs) I think it, no, it is. I think I'm no, pretty I know. sure that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch went to Eton or something like that. It's mm. like uh, prime ministers go to Eton. Um, I was kind of shocked though because I didn't know that. I thought of I always thought of Eton more as like a finishing school, like high school age before college. So no, I'm looking here. it up right now. It's a boarding school for ages 13 yeah. to 18. So it's like. It's like okay. middle school to high school for us here. Or pretty much high okay. school. It's like eighth to... I mean, I know that their like, grades don't translate the same, but like yeah. if it was here, it'd be eighth grade to like 12th grade. So basically um, high school. So basically high school with like one other year. Yeah. So yeah. I was... Yeah, so I that kind of stood out to me um, just because of what I know of Eaton. But that makes more sense. That, yeah, just like a longer... So you get in... The, it, it starts younger than I, th- I thought it did. Mm. Um, he does talk a lot. I wonder, the thing I wonder about Justin is if, 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 blah, 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 if mm-hmm. he is like that with everyone or if it's because he was partnered with these three in particular. Right. And um, I think, is Justin usually, or is that Cormac that is like 
neck and neck with Hermione for top of the class um, that we get later. There's someone Mm -hmm. who's like, isn't there one student who is like competitive with Hermione about like top of the class being like, no, is that, am I, I, is that another book? Okay. Seems like I'm sitting here like, did I miss Maybe a whole I've, I've, I've a character? Maybe I've that with a whole other book. Yeah, because um, I'm like, I don't think so. Hermione doesn't really have competition. Like, there are smart people, but then there's Hermione. I feel like yeah, nobody no, else I, does extra like her. Like, we would know. I Yeah. No, I know, but I Cormac kind of, is the one who why. just, like, who's just hella weird with her and, like, has a crush on her, but is... Weird about weird it. Weird about yeah. it. <laughs> no, I thought... I don't know why I thought that, like, Justin was, like also kind of like angling for one of like the being the top student or something so he has kind of a um admiration for Hermione but also a little bit of competition no, I, don't I, think I so. mean obviously I'm super wrong about I mean I, I trust you I, I'm totally I mean if it comes probably. up then we'll see obviously yeah. but, but um yeah so anyway but my thought was like I wonder if he's if he's like this with anyone he meets, like any new Hogwarts student or whatever, just telling them his whole backstory and everything, or if it's because specifically it's these three right. who have really made a name for themselves so far at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Um, something I was wondering about. Yeah, I mean, it could be. Um, yeah, so after that, they didn't have much chance to talk. Um, so they like go and repot these mandrakes um by the end of class harry like everyone else was sweaty aching and covered in earth everyone tripes back to the castle for a quick wash and then the gryffindors hurried off to transfiguration i like how they get a little break to like get clean that's nice um (laughs) so (laughs) professor mcgongle's classes were always hard work but today was especially difficult everything harry had learned last year seemed to have leaked out of his head during the summer that's how i feel about math um, oh God! Like I was good at math, but it was but that year in be- I mean the the summer in between always messed me up. And then especially when I stopped taking math, and then they wanted me to I was like taking the GRE, and they wanted me to like all of a sudden know math again. I was like I'm an English major. Why do I need this? What's wrong with y'all? It's like I don't know this shit anymore. <laughs> I know yeah. how to add and subtract. That's it. I mean, um, I don't even really I mean, have I know that, some so algebra, good, good, maybe. Good for but you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really just be using my calculator, but still. Um, uh, he, supposed to, he was supposed to be turning a beetle into a button, but all he managed to do was give his beetle a lot of exercise as it scuttled over the desktop, avoiding his wand. Ron was having far worse problems. He had patched up his wand with some borrowed spello tape, but it seemed to be damaged beyond repair. It kept crackling and sparking at odd moments, and every time Ron tried to transfigure his beetle, it engulfed him in thick gray smoke that smelled of rotten eggs. Um, unable to see what he was doing, Ron accidentally squashed his beetle with his, with his elbow and had to ask for a new one. Mister or Professor McGonagall wasn't pleased. I feel like, okay, I understand, um, like, obviously he did that to himself and like it's his fault that his, mm-hmm. his wand is broken and everything but like doesn't him not being able to like have a fully functioning wand like fuck up his education like i feel like at a certain point he needs a new wand yeah and, I mean, and they're I really letting him where... go a whole year without having like a functioning wand well this is where uh harry suggested write home for another one because um it is not good and he's like oh yeah and get another howler back 
it's weird because they have um like loner books and loner like brooms if you're playing quidditch or you know whatever. i mean this wand used to be charlie so it was already like yeah. struggling anyway lo- yeah it was already like a loner but um i think maybe because of wand lore maybe they that's why they don't have wands and i'm sure like everyone's thinking like you need to get a new wand but at the same time it's like if you if you're a teacher and you have that student and you're not even sure like how you know you know like the the financial status of the weasleys is known as such that they're like i don't want to push it because well yeah not necessarily push it but at least mention or at least have maybe mcgonagall or something should write to them like he needs a new wand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I understand why Ron isn't doing it. Like, he's proud and he doesn't want to get another howler. He's like, um, he said, when Harry suggests to write home for another one, yeah, Ron says, like, oh yeah, and get another howler back. It's your own fault your wand got snapped. Which is like, yeah, it's true. And I'm sure he would get another howler, but I'm pretty sure they would find a way to he send him a wand. He would also get a wand. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's partly, it's not just like the teacher's fault. Like, it's also Ron's fault for not like, but you know, for being too proud too, to because... ask for one. But, like, my whole thing is, like, it's your education. You need, if, clearly it's not working and you're not going to learn anything if yeah. you can't do transfiguration well, or charms or, like. We also get to the point later in the book, and I think they do this in the movie, where it becomes dangerous. That's that what I'm saying. Have like, in the next chapter, on. he's going to, like, he make, he, his curse, like, backfires <laughs> onto him. Clearly that's yeah. not safe and, like, they need to figure exactly. something out. Um, but, yeah, okay. So, um. What have we got this afternoon? Defense against the dark arts, said Hermione. Why, demanded Ron, seizing her schedule, have you outlined all Lockhart's lessons in little hearts? <laughs> it's like, girl. So <laughs> Hermione snatched the schedule back, blushing furiously. I wanted to bring this up, though. I wanted to, like, pause here for a quick tangent about mm-hmm. teacher crushes and if you've ever had one or had that teacher that you just really loved. Like, they were just, like, obviously, like, your favorite teacher. Yeah. Because I think that kind of goes... They're... They, to me, they usually happen in the same way. Like, the teachers that I had crushes on, especially when I was, like, that age, it wasn't so much a crush as it was, like, I love their class. I love, you know, like, they. it's so exciting or whatever. And then mm-hmm. how that kind of changes how you, how you learn from them. Because um, we'll see in a second, like, the normally very logical Hermione is, like, making excuses that she normally, like, I don't think that she would actually make otherwise. Um, But, yeah, so I was just wondering about that, because I definitely, I had a teacher um, in junior high, it was, like, my English teacher, that I think I had a crush on, and I think also he was, like, the one, like, Latina, like, not white teacher in my school. Mm -hmm. So, like, he was younger, and he was Latino, and he, like just seemed, like, more, like, in touch with kids. You know, like, he just seemed, like, the cool teacher. Right. Um, And then I had a teacher, or a professor, like, he wasn't even a professor. He was, like, an associate professor, grad student guy, and he taught. Um, He did my documentary film class, and I was really in love with documentary film. And I just, like, loved that class so much, and I loved, like, him, like would, like, stay after and talk with him. And, like, 
I was 21 at this point, so I would, like, see him at the bar every once in a while. Right. And, like, and I would, like, normally if you see, a, like, a teacher or professor in, like, the real world, you're like, this is weird! And you <laughs> run in the opposite direction. Right. At least that's how I was. But, like, with him, I would be like, oh, my God, like, let me pull up to you when you were obviously, like, trying to relax and let's talk about this reading that you gave me. Oh, and God. Like, <laughs> the, the social significance of, like, the Maisel Brothers and, like, Grey Gardens or whatever, Thin Blue Line, you know. And definitely made me more uh, connected to the work. And, like, those are, like, obviously, like, it's funny that the two teachers that I, th- I thought of and wrote down in this moment are obviously an English teacher and then a film teacher because that is, like, my shit. Mm-hmm. So it's also, it's kind of like, is that my shit because those two teachers really sparked something in me? Or did those teachers really spark something in me because that was my shit? You know? Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering because I think um, it's kind of cute later on, but it's also kind of, like, I mean, it's a little bit different because they weren't frauds, <laughs> I'm assuming. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you know. Or, like, didn't have this huge-ass ego. So, it's, like, I think that part of it is, like, it's kind of, like, boy band crazes, even though, like, he's not in a boy band. But I feel like Lockhart would be in a boy band. Um, yeah. But you, everyone you, has you, that you moment. She's, this. like, in the peak moment. Yeah, but you and like her and Molly, like, like, if you think about this, it's, like, the 12-year-old, like, the preteens and the moms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are yeah, both in love true. with him, and it's like it's a fun, it's a thing that happens, and so it's like it's weird. Um, but I just was wondering, like, do you think that she? Because at this moment, the way that Hermione is getting her crush on him is through like the devout- like she's sitting there reading um, Voyages of the Vampires. Like she is obviously like really into the work, and when she figures out that he's a fraud, that then goes she's away. over like, it. Kind She's of, but she doesn't figure it out right away. It takes her a lot longer. It takes than it her takes. longer than it takes Ron and Harry, and that's because that, and even like, like and I think that that's well, because she um, likes him. Like, he's cute. Yeah. So I think he's, it yeah. probably started off as like I, you know, he's he's done all these things. I'm, his books are amazing, um, all that kind of stuff, and then eventually, like, oh shit, he's like cute too. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Okay. So, so they finish lunch and go outside into an overcast courtyard. Hermione sits down on the stone steps and buries her nose in Voyage with Vampires again. Right. Oh, Harry yeah, and Ron are she, talking. Is she rereading this book or is she just still? I think she's it? like in the. She's in the middle of reading. So every time you know, you know. Yeah, I know. You know this life. I you get a second. Point. The first thing you do is pull out that book and keep going where you were. Um, I mean, also, I mean, I wonder how large these books are. They're probably, like, fairly, like, long. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, she was reading it at breakfast, and now she pulls it out again at lunch. I mean, I think, I, so I think she read figuring. it. Oh. So, I think the again is just that, like... I could have swore I saw her reading it some other time, but maybe not. That's She was real. reading it at breakfast. I thought she was reading it. Was she reading it when oh. they were in Diagon Alley, or no? Maybe No, not. they just bought them then. Oh. Huh. I don't know why I felt like it was taking so long. Probably because okay. this book is taking so long to read. <laughs> <laughs> Just because we're reading chapter right, by it's chapter. it's taking weeks. I'm sitting here like, you still reading this damn book? It's only been like two pages. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. uh, they're sitting there, and here comes a little boy, a little mousy-haired boy, um, clutching what looked like an ordinary muggle camera, and the moment Harry looked at him, he went bright red. I'm Colin Creevy. <laughs> 
I'm in Gryffindor too. Do you think it would be all right? Can I have a picture? A picture, Harry replied blankly. So I can prove I've met you, said Colin. You know, everyone's told me about how you've survived, you know, who tried, how you survived when you know who tried to kill you and has disappeared. And a boy in my dormitory said that if I develop the film in the right potion, the pictures will move. It's amazing here, isn't it? I never knew all the odd stuff I could do was magic until I got a letter from Hogwarts. My dad's a milkman. He couldn't believe it either. So I'm taking loads of pictures to send home to him. And it would really be good if I had one of you. Maybe your friend could take it and I could stand next to you and then you could sign it? Um, Colin, oh my God, have some chill. Two, um, it's really interesting because he's muggle-born, so I'm like, who are you trying to prove that you met him? Like, you send it to your dad. Yeah. Your dad's not gonna know who that is. Like, you could tell him who it is, but your yeah. dad's gonna be like, alright, cool, I'm a milkman, I don't know all about that. I don't know, I don't know who know that kid is. And then you send it to, like, you show your friends, but your friends are also, like, in the vicinity. So it's not like it's that difficult to, like, go walk up to Harry Potter because <laughs> you're in the same school of, like, 300 people. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot. He's just really intense and like he's so adorable. Colin is sweet and he's adorable and like I'm you know, but he's intense. But it kind of reminds me like this whole thing reminded me of first year Hermione. Yeah, I've read all about this and I know all about this and I know this and I know this and be my friend right. and let's do this and you can do this and I read this. You're doing a potion. Let's see it. Or you're doing a you're doing a, a spell? spell like show let's it then. Come yeah. on, but like you know, less like, cocky. But yeah, less cocky, but the same kind of like, just super eager and like no, like you said, like no chill, have some mm. chill. But um, um, okay. Then of course, right after he says that, signed photos. You're giving out signed photos, Potter. Loud and scathing, Draco Malfoy's voice echoed around the courtyard. He had stopped right behind Colin, flanked as he always was at Hogwarts by his large and thuggish cronies, Crab and Goyle. Everyone, line up. Harry Potter's giving out signed photos. No, I'm not. Shut up, Malfoy. You're just jealous, piped up Colin. Like, don't do it. Um, <laughs> just don't do it. Um, jealous, said Malfoy, who didn't need to shout anymore. Half the courtyard was listening in. Of what? I don't want a foul scar right across my forehead, thanks. I don't think getting your head cut open makes you that special myself. You're totally jealous of Draco. Like, so don't play yourself. You're playing yourself. Um, Eat slugs, Malfoy, said Ron angrily. Man, so that's so funny because that's how he says it in the um in the book in, or the, in the movie in the movie, and that's when he. But at least he says it after um. Like he doesn't curse. He's Malfoy in this movie. More, he just says yeah. it. You know what I mean? As opposed yeah. to in the movie where he, that's when he like pulls out his wand. So now I'm curious what he says. And I mean, it's a next chapter, so we'll see. But we'll see. I don't remember. I hate how it like messes up my. Memory, memory of, of the, like, book. the book, the movies, especially because they're not as great. Ugh. Um, be careful, Weasley sneered, sneered Malfoy. You don't want to start any trouble or your mum, your mummy will have to come and take you away from school. If you put another toe out of line, a knot of Slytherin fifth years nearby laughed loudly at this. I mean, to be honest, I feel like even if I wasn't a Slytherin, I would have laughed at that moment. Yeah, that's like, like a quintessential like. It's yeah, like you, real. It's like got... not funny, but it is. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you're a kid, that's hilarious. You know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. Um, Weasley, I mean, but then he goes straight funny. to being. Yeah, but then he goes straight to being and back to being himself. Uh, Weasley would like a signed photo, Potter. It'd be it'll be worth more than his family's whole house, and it's like, no. <laughs> Shut up. Juan ripped out his fellow taped wand. 
And Hermione shut her book and whispered, look out. And What's on, oh, of course. I, What's well, on I, this? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I just it. want to put out, point out Great Plan Number 5 by Ron. Right. Because, because you, were you just got out of a class where your wand was literally useless. Yeah. He's forgetting. I feel yeah. like I feel like it's going to take a minute to like learn how to not rely on your wand after being taught for so long to rely on it. Yeah. But, yeah. Not a great plan. Um, and here comes this motherfucker. This bro. What's all this? What's all this? Who's giving out signed photos? Go away. Go away. Um, Harry started to speak. We meet again, Harry. Right. Oh, sorry. Um, it's fine. Um, pinned to Lockhart's side and burning with humiliation, Harry saw Malfoy slide smirking back into the crowd. Come on then, Mr. Creevy, said Lockhart, beaming at Colin. A double portrait. Can't do better than that. And and we'll both sign it for you. Like, what? No. Who are you and why? Um... Who are you so and why? <laughs> Colin took the took the cam took the photo. Um as the bell rang behind them. Off you go, move along there, Lockhart called to the crowd, as he set off back to the castle with Harry, who was still who was wishing he knew a good vanishing spell, still clasped to his side. Let him go. <laughs> like, I was so irritated. Why you gotta drag him places? He's a little kid, leave him alone. A word to the wise, Harry. I covered up for you back there with young Creevy. If he was photographing me too, your schoolmates won't think you're setting yourself up so much. Go the fuck away. Let me just say that handing out signed pictures at this stage in your, of your career isn't sensible. It looks a tad big-headed, Harry, to be frank. Like, what What do you think you what look career? like? career? First of all, like... career. Second of all, what do you think you look like? Right. There may be well, there may well come time when, like me, you'll need to keep a stack handy wherever you go. But I don't think you're quite there yet. Like, shut the front like, door. What? <laughs> what? You keep a stack of signed photos handy? What? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, that's not normal, sir. Yeah, that is not normal. Um, Harry. So they get to the classroom. Harry yanks his robes straight um, and heads for a seat at the very back of the class where he busied himself with piling all seven of Lockhart's books in front of him so that he could avoid looking at the real thing. Um, Ron and Hermione come. You could have fried an egg on your face, said Ron. You better hope Creevy doesn't meet Jenny or they'll be starting a Harry Potter fan club. Ron is just feeling great because no, they're not on him anymore. (laughs) He's like, "Ah." exactly. Um, Shut up, snapped Harry. The last thing he needed was for Lockhart to hear the phrase Harry Potter fan club. That's real. And He'd I think have been this like, also what, Harry? You're starting like, a fan club? Best not do it just yet. Like, just shut <laughs> But I, I think it's also, like, pretty great that Harry, like, at this point is like, all right, I know what this dude is about and I'm not about it. And I don't, like, he doesn't want to, like, he hasn't told Ron or Hermione Yet, I don't think about his... I mean, actually, he's just encountered... He's just had these encounters with Lockhart, but, like, he's already, like, all right, my my goal here is to stay as far away from this dude as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I want to escape his notice as much as I possibly humanly can. Exactly. Um, so when the whole class is seated, Lockhart clears his throat and um, loudly and silence falls. Um, he reached forward, pick up, picked up Neville's copy of Travels with Trolls, and held it up to show his own winking portrait on the front. Me, he said, pointing at it and winking as well. Gilderoy Lockhart, Order of Merlin, third class, honorary member of the Dark Force Defense League, and five-time winner of Witch Weekly's Most Charming Smile Award. But I don't it's really talk all ab- about that award, right? But I don't <laughs> talk about that. What? 
you literally just talked about it. And this is actually the second time you've brought it up in one chapter. I didn't get rid of the abandoned banshee by smiling at her. Like, shut. I hate him. Can we just take a second, too, to shout out um, Kenneth Branagh? Yeah, just kills the, this the role. smile, the like. <laughs> I can't. So good. Um, that's the thing. The actors definitely like. That's the one thing about the movies. Is yeah. The actors make these characters so much more bearable. Yes. Like as much as like, there's so many things that can be said about the movie and how they're like not as good as the books, but the actors definitely helped me. They like did a these great job. Yeah. Because I cannot. Um. <laughs> I see you've all bought a complete set of my books. Well done. Like, you put it on the you, book list. They, were they not required? Like, come <laughs> on, bro. I thought we'd start today with a little quiz. Nothing to worry about. Just to check how much, how well you've read them. How much you've taken in. Um, you have 30 minutes. Start now. Harry this looked, quiz, though. It's horrible. Harry looked down at his paper and read, One, what is Gilderoy Lockhart's favorite color? Two, what is Gilderoy Lockhart's secret ambition? Three, what, in your opinion, is Gilderoy Lockhart's greatest achievement to date? On and on it went over three sides of paper, right down to 54. When is Gilderoy Lockhart's birthday and what would his ideal gift be? Are you kidding me? Um, some chill would be my ideal gift for Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah. I would like to give him All some chill. <laughs> yeah. Um... So Lockhart collects the papers. Tut tut. Hardly any of you remembered what my favorite color that my favorite color is lilac. I say so in in Year with the Yeti, and a few of you need to read Wanderings with Werewolves more carefully. I clearly state in chapter twelve that my ideal birthday gift would be harmony between all magic and non magic peoples, though I wouldn't say no to a large bottle of Ogden's old fire whiskey. My thing is is like these are books about how you defeated some like you know, magical dark creature or whatever. So mm-hmm. I feel like they would think for Defense Against the Dark Arts that they would need to focus more on, like, the techniques of how that happened and not what your birthday present would um, be. Um, Bayana? Yeah. I feel like you're trying to reason. Oh. And use logic. You're right. My bad. Who? What, why would I do that? With Gilderoy Lockhart? That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make no sense. Yeah, you, you're correct. Um, he gave them another roguish wink. Ron was now staring at Lockhart with an expression of disbelief on his face. Seamus Finnegan and Dean Thomas, who were sitting in the front, were shaking with silent laughter. Hermione, on the other hand, was listening to Lockhart with rapt attention and gave a start when he mentioned her name. Um, but Miss Hermione Granger knew my secret ambition is to rid the world of evil and market my own range of hair care pro- potions. Good girl. In fact, full marks. Where is Miss Granger? So, of course, like, Hermione won because she takes in everything. She probably has a photographic memory. So she probably just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she read that shit and she was like, oh, yeah, I know this. Um, excellent. Quite excellent. Take 10 points for Gryffindor. So then he switch, She changes, switches gears. Um, he lifts a large covered cage onto his desk. Um, now be warned, it is my job to arm you, arm you against the foulest creatures known to wizard kind. You may find yourselves facing your worst fears in this room. Know only that no harm can befall you whilst I'm here. All I ask is that you remain calm. Um, so, in spite of himself, Harry leaned around his pile of books for a better look at the cage. Lockhart placed a hand on the cover and Dean and Seamus had stopped laughing because they were 
They're like, um, oh, okay, what's happening? Okay, now it's time to pay attention, right? So right. Neville is cowering in his front row seat. I must ask you not to scream, said Lockhart in a low voice. It might provoke them. And the whole, as the whole class held its breath, Lockhart whipped off the cover. Yes, he said dramatically. Freshly caught Cornish Pixies! (laughs) Seamus Finnegan couldn't control himself. He let out a snort of laughter that even Lockhart couldn't couldn't mistake for a scream of terror. Yes, he smiled at Seamus. Well, they're not, they're not very dangerous, are they? Seamus choked. Don't be so sure, said Lockhart, waggling a finger annoyingly at Seamus. Devilish, tricky little blighters they can be. The pixies were electric blue and about eight inches high with pointed faces and voices so shrill it was like listening to a lot of budgies arguing, which I don't know what that means. But I feel like, you know, nails on a chalkboard, shrill voices. Right. The Um, moment the cover had been removed, they started jabbing and rocketing around, rattling the bars and making bizarre faces at the people nearest them. Right then, Lockhart said loudly, let's see what you make of them. I'm like... You didn't even want to teach them a spell first or, like, explain yeah. what Cornish Pixies are, what they do, why they're uh, useful, the why they're to... not useful, where they can be found. Like, teach a damn class where you just unleash some creatures yeah. in the classroom. So, and this goes back to... So, like, so even if like... he wasn't, like, a fraud and could put them all away, like, he's a terrible teacher. Yeah, because he's just, like, released all of these... Um, yeah, he's all for like on... the shock and the awe of it. He's just like, look, yeah. there's pixies. Oh no, they're loose. Like that's it. <laughs> like, dude. And this is like comes back to later. Um, so we can just like roll through this, but mm-hmm. he, two of them, seize Neville by the ears and lift him into the air and hang him on the chandelier. Um, Come on now, round them up, round them up. They're only pixies. Lockhart shouted. He rolled up his sleeves and brandished his wand and bellowed. Pescapixi pesternomy, which no, no, it had absolutely <laughs> no effect on. As one of the pixies seized his wand and threw it out the window, Lockhart gulped and dived under his own desk, narrowly avoiding being squashed by Neville, who fell a second later as the chandelier gave way. The bell rang. There was a mad rush towards the exit, and in the relative calm that followed, Lockhart straightened up, caught sight of Harry, Ron, and Hermione, who were almost at the door and said, well, I'll ask you three to just nip the rest of them back into the cage. And he swept past them and shut the door behind him. Can you believe him, roared Ron, as one of the remaining pixies bit him painfully on the ear. He just wants to give us some hands-on experience, said Hermione, immobilizing two pixies at once with a clever freezing charm and stuffing them back into their cage. And that goes to where you were saying. And I even wrote down, I'm like, that might have been true had he taught some like right some actual class like some learning or teachable some kind of useful spell something like Hermione obviously knows how to use a freezing charm and she's and like they probably all do but in that moment there's chaos there's no like okay here's some clever things this is what you should do whereas like Hermione is able to when they when you have a bunch of pixies like loose right? right if you find yourself in a swarm of pixies this is what you should expect, and therefore you can, like, search the Rolodex of your brain exactly. of what spells might be useful. Like, Hermione can do that because she's Hermione, but other people yeah. can't do that without, like, warning. This is and a you class. Shouldn't, and you shouldn't <laughs> have to be Hermione to exactly. be able to succeed in this kind of... That's why you're teaching, right? It's just supposed to be a safe environment where you can make mistakes 
and be okay, but also where you're given a little bit of a heads up or a mm-hmm. boost because the idea is that in the real world, and Harry says this later um, when they start the DA, like, you're not in a classroom, and so you do need to think quickly on your feet. Right. And no one's going to give you, like, a full breakdown of what to expect, but you need to have that time in the classroom with a full breakdown of what to expect so that when you are out in the wild, you can think on your feet. Exactly. Right? Like, you need to have that balance. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, hands-on, said Harry. Hermione, he didn't have a clue what he was doing. Rubbish, said Hermione. You read all his books. Look at all the amazing things he's done. He says he's done. He says he's done, Ron Ron Modern. And this is the first um, allusion to... The fact that he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, from the students. So, like, Mm -hmm. we have these, like, annoyed looks. But, like, teachers are obviously... Most of the teachers, besides Gilderoy, are professionals. And they're not going to badmouth a professor in front of students, right? Exactly. But we kind of have gotten this illusion from Professor Sprout... Like, this dude is annoying, and he doesn't know what he's doing, and he talks a lot, but he's not, he doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. This is the first time from Ron that we get, uh, something ain't right. And he says he's done all these things, but look at the way he couldn't even handle pixies. Exactly. So, and that's um, what I'm saying. Like, they're just, like, even Seamus, like, laughing, like, that's still valid. They're not, he didn't let loose, like, a boggart. He yeah. let loose of some pixies. That should be yeah. really easy for a professor to, like, get rid of. Yes. And, like, the fact that, like, someone like Seamus, who, um, he's half, right? So, like, but he's grown up, like, knowing, um, the magical world is, mm-hmm. like, they're not dangerous means that, like, they're known to not be dangerous, right? right? Like, And, like, if you find one pixie, then you're probably like, all right, bro, like, you gotta go. But if it's, yeah. like, a whole cage full of pixies, a what you gonna do? Yeah. Like, Come on now. And that goes back to my thing about him. Like, yes, you're a fraud, but you're not like what you, you have bought into your hype so much that you didn't even take the time to be like, all right, let me at least give a cursory illusion that I have some of these skills. Right. Right. Like, yeah, you don't need to go, um, like you're a fraud. And so that you don't, but you don't need to release a, like you said, a boggart or vampires or even a Yeti into the classroom. You just need to be able to prove to these 12-year-olds that you can handle yourself with some pixies. But yet, you're too wrapped into your fame and to your own hype that you don't take the time to learn that rudimentary, like, freezing spell right. or whatever. I Talking mean, about pesky, even... pesty, pester no, pester you just made no, that up, bro. Right? Like, that is like, um, I have newt whatever turned this bottled water into right. rum. Exactly. What's Seamus doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, who was your MVP for this chapter? Um, Professor Sprout. I initially Correct. didn't have one, but this chapter is pretty long, so I think initially I was like, I'm gonna just say Hermione, because, like, when in doubt. But actually, <laughs> Professor Sprout, like, going back into it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Professor Sprout, because she had to, not only is she, like, dope, but she had to, like, deal with the Whomping Willow and the Lockhart at the same time. Yeah. She's a real one. And I also said Professor Sprout for that same reason. And also, like, she comes back from that and then has to teach a class on Mandrakes and, right. like, make sure that Neville doesn't faint, which Neville doesn't faint because he knows he's, what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And she's a good teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, hashtag movie shade. So, right. uh, who did you bitch? And Lockhart. Duh. For all <laughs> for, of the reasons. all of the reasons. Out. Um, like, yeah. And I also want to, like, point out a quick, like, 
if he hadn't have pulled Harry aside before Herbology and done that nonsense, if he hadn't have shown up when Colin was asking for his autograph and made matters worse, he still would have been benched for that bullshit class. Yeah. If he had known how to handle the Pixies, he would have been benched because pulling hair quiz. out of Herbology and doing all that other bullshit. Yeah, like, but my thing is, like, even if he had, he had been cool with everything, it, that quiz is really the main thing. <laughs> and the quiz, like, All that yes. other stuff made me angry, but the quiz, yo. Like, what kind of... No. No. Absolutely not. No. And also, like, what kind <laughs> of guy, like, gets validation from 12-year-olds who you're forcing to take this quiz? Right? Like... There's just a lot of levels on which there's so he's many levels okay. to his fuckery. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we want to know who you've benched and who is your MVP. So make sure to tell us that on Facebook or Twitter hashtag Wizard Team, and your votes will be taken into account as we name the MVP and who's benched for the entire book. Um, yeah. Next week we'll be discussing Chapter Seven: Mud Bloods and Murmurs. Make sure to read and follow along. And join the conversation again at We Black and Nerds hashtag Wizard Team on Twitter. Yep. Um, thanks for listening. Next week, um, as we said, we'll also be talking about Angelina Johnson um, as a part of our Black Wizard History Month. Um, so, yeah. Thank you guys so much, and we will talk to you next week. Yep. Ravenclaw out. <laughs>